Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. On gas imports, as on many other things, it is proving challenging for member states to find consensus. How quickly can we realistically gain energy independence from Russia? Meanwhile, Spain and Portugal formalise their energy island status. Faced with spiralling energy costs and the alarming prospect of energy shortages, last Friday, the 25th of March, EU leaders backed proposals for joint gas purchases. They also secured a commitment from the US to supply Europe with more natural gas. Marius Vasjega, a commission representative in Vilnius, told Ginu Radias that buying gas together will keep prices in check just as it did for the purchase of COVID-19 vaccines. One large buyer can, in theory, get a better price, because its market power is greater and it uses that market power, making the seller dependent on the buyer as well. Moreover, competition between buyers is reduced when all buyers come together and prices can rise when there is strong competition between buyers. This should, in principle, have a positive effect on prices. The bloc has agreed to phase out its Russian gas, oil and coal imports as soon as possible. But in practical terms, the time frame for this varies wildly between member states. Poland has long been working to reduce its reliance on Russian hydrocarbons, and it is urging its EU partners to follow suit sooner rather than later. This Wednesday, Mateusz Morawiecki argued for the EU to introduce a tax on Russian gas, oil and coal imports, notes Polski Radio. At the same time, the Polish Prime Minister unveiled a bill that aims to ban Russian coal imports to Poland over the course of the next few months, with a view to doing the same for oil and possibly even gas by December. During a visit to a fuel depot run by PKN Orlen, a major oil refiner with operations in Poland, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Germany and the Baltic states, Morawiecki said that Warsaw had the most radical plan in Europe to move away from Russian fuel dependency, a plan that leans heavily on the development of renewables. Thanks to this energy plan, we will become independent from Russian oil and Russian gas, but also from other countries that pose no threat today and will not pose any threat in the future, but from which we do not want to buy expensive raw materials. Europe has come to its senses. Let us hope it's not too late. Today we are waking from our geopolitical slumber. Orland CEO Daniel Abitek stressed that the company has made huge strides in diversifying its sources of raw materials over recent years, and that these efforts have significantly gathered pace since the start of the conflict in Ukraine. In 2020, over 50% of the crude oil in the Orland system came from somewhere other than the east. We have worked hard. We have adjusted our refineries so that we're able to select the most optimal range of oil types for use in these refineries. And we have managed to do just that. The company insists that even if Russia turns off the tap, it will be able to maintain stable supplies across Central and Eastern Europe. Poland wants its fellow member states to agree en masse to ban all Russian oil, coal and gas imports. But a number of countries that rely heavily on Russian energy feel that this would be cutting off their nose to spite their face. 
Arriving at last week's European summit, Belgian PM Alexander de Croo, for example, told RTBF that a total embargo on Russian oil and gas was not a good idea. Sanctions must have more impact on the Russian side than on the European side. We are not at war with ourselves, so we are not going to take sanctions that weaken ourselves unnecessarily. A total embargo on Russian gas and oil would have a devastating impact on the European economy, and I do not think it is necessary. With a quarter of its gas coming from Russia, Luxembourg is not as dependent on Russian imports as some countries. Its energy minister, Claude Turm, is nevertheless concerned about the prospect of losing Russian supplies, says national broadcaster 100.7. The next event, uh, that can be very Next winter could be difficult. It depends on us having enough gas to fill our storage facilities over the summer. If there is no Russian gas available over the coming weeks and months, it will not be easy. We will try to make joint gas purchases in the European Union. The important thing, and the key to this phase, is that the EU countries have a tightly knit policy. Filling up storage facilities, common purchases, and we will begin to launch campaigns for energy efficiency in industry and among citizens. Earlier this week, the Kremlin announced that it will begin to insist on payment in rubles for gas and oil as of April. Todor Galef from Sofia-based think tank, the Centre for the Study of Democracy, told BNR that such a move would be of undeniable economic benefit to Russia and as a secondary benefit would also enable EU sanctions to be circumvented. Let's not forget that the economic realities in Russia are such that access to fresh currency is currently extremely difficult for them. It's extremely beneficial for the Russians to force even a few European countries to pay in rubles. I would like to stress that our position is that Bulgaria should never agree to this, particularly without coordinating with the European Commission and other member states. Payment in rubles is, so to speak, a way of bypassing the sanctions that have been imposed. Even if Moscow's desire for ruble payments for gas and oil does not come to anything, we may not be in the clear. Crisis talks are being held in capitals across the bloc to plan for the eventuality that gas may cease to flow. As a precaution, Robert Habeck, Germany's Federal Minister for the Economy and Climate, announced on Wednesday that he had triggered the country's gas emergency plan. This plan could see Berlin ration power if supplies are thought to be at risk, explains AMS. Habeck appealed to German consumers and companies to use energy sparingly, while at the same time assuring the public that there was no need to panic. The decision that I took today was a preventative and precautionary one. It is important to emphasize that the security of our supply is guaranteed. Around 40% of Germany's gas comes from Russia. So, while Berlin has pledged to end its energy dependency on Moscow, Habeck warns that this will not be fully achieved before 2024. Alexandra Zuku, a special energy advisor to the Greek government, confirmed that it was also important for Greece to have a plan B in place, as Sky reports. There is indeed a tough geopolitical poker game going on right now between Europe and Russia. In this context, we in Greece need to be prepared for every eventuality, even the worst. Some people think that Putin is bluffing. Others think he is ruthless, regardless of the huge cost for Russia. 
I should point out that Russia receives about $800 million every day from gas sales to Europe. Brussels shares its member state's goal of gradually reducing dependence on Russian gas, as Vivian Lunella, head of the European Commission representation in Estonia, told Cuckoo Radio. She was also keen to stress the importance of energy efficiency measures as part of this process. Zero dependency planning is important. If we don't have a goal, we won't get there. If we take all the necessary steps, we could achieve this by 2027. We are negotiating with other partners. We are increasing renewable energy. And it is also very important that we deal with energy efficiency. This means that we must renovate our houses, review our transport system and how industry works. The goal is to use less energy and to use it more wisely, with no wastage. In an interview with Radio Renascença, Artur Trinidad, the former Portuguese Secretary of State for Energy, makes the same point. More decarbonization, having smarter equipment in our home that does not consume these fuels, and on top of that can allow us to reduce our energy bills. What is needed? You need to make an investment. A boiler for heating domestic hot water costs perhaps a third, a quarter, a fifth of the price of a heat pump. And that is a difficult investment for some families and some companies to make. But this is where the money must go. This is where states must intervene, and they need to promote this. Because in two, three or four years' time, we will not only be saving energy, but no longer depending on fossil fuel sources. And we will also have solved the problem of our energy dependence on this type of supply. At last week's summit, EU leaders also found themselves at odds over proposals by several countries to cap energy prices for consumers. They eventually agreed on an Iberian exception that will allow Spain and Portugal to act as a so-called energy island and adopt exceptional and time-limited measures to lower energy prices for their consumers. Spain's Council of Ministers has subsequently approved a shock plan made up of direct financial aid and tax rebates to the tune of 16 billion euros. The country's Prime Minister, Pedro Sánchez, provides more detail. Our focus is on protecting families, especially the most vulnerable. Specifically, I want to cite the following measures. First of all, we know that the rise in fuel prices affects all families, not just some sectors, but all families. And this is why I've announced that the government will discount every litre of fuel by a minimum of 20 cents until the 30th of June. The government will apply a reduction of 15 cents and the oil companies a minimum of 5 cents. Some of these companies have already offered greater reductions. Madrid and Lisbon are to present their concrete plans to the Commission early next week. These plans cannot involve subsidising gas, disincentivising renewable energies or in any way distorting the EU's electricity market. The Commission will ensure that they comply with community law and process them with all due haste. S Radio Castilla y León has the story. Speaking to Renascença... Jorge Vasconcelos, the former president of Portugal's Energy Services Regulatory Authority, suggested that, going forward, Portugal and Spain should think carefully before agreeing to work more closely with the rest of Europe on energy. 
For decades, Portugal and Spain were penalized through isolation, but now they are benefiting from having invested in liquefied gas terminals, in gas pipelines to North Africa, and in renewable energy sources, which are currently the most economical. We therefore have potentially very good conditions for energy consumers. Market expectations are that prices in the Iberian Peninsula will be systematically lower than prices in Northern Europe. So we have suddenly become a happy island, and it would be very generous of us to share this happiness with others who have not shared their energy with us for 20 years. This would not make much sense as it would end up raising electricity prices in the Iberian Peninsula. Do come back next week for more news from around the Euronet Plus network.